This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What up, what up, what up, what up? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? The L-E-F-K-O-E man in the building. A big name and a good interview. That's what I'm bringing to you guys today. First up, a conversation with Odell Beckham Jr. It's really cool to say out loud. An interview with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Let me give you the breakdown. We were in the Gridiron House in Miami. There are a ton of shows. There's the Dan Patrick show on our floor, the Rich Eisen show. Peyton Manning was doing an interview. I saw Edger and James, Reggie Wayne, like a bunch of big stars. We, I had big name players coming to this the whole day. No one changed the energy of that room more than Odell Beckham Jr. When he walked in, I saw barricades go up that hadn't gone up all day. I saw security guards that I had not seen all day. I saw fans that had otherwise been enjoying free Taco Bell and DiGiorno's throw everything down and stand at attention waiting to just get a glimpse. He walked in. He did some stuff with the BR Kicks team where he was kind of showing off his new cleats. We talked about a little bit in the interview. And then he was ushered over to me with about five minutes to talk to him. That's the different level of stardom that he is. It is palpable. You can taste it. He walks over. He daps you up. And the weird thing is, he's just very calm. There's madness around this man at all times, but in his eyes and in his spirit, it is effortless. And that's what's so fascinating. <sighs> like, I can't even talk about him without the, without the Lord making me sneeze out of my face. Um, we got into his shoe uh, and his cleat. Remember, he's the only guy in the NFL with a $25 million contract. Uh, we got into uh, partying and what his karaoke song is. But I think the part of the conversation that I enjoyed was, what is it like when everything you do causes the rest of the world to debate? And that's where we talked about, here is my brief but enjoyable conversation with Odell Beckham Jr. All right, I'm just going to get into it because your time is valuable. Yes, sir. Number one, how do I fix my voice right now? Man. What is going on with me, Odell? What's your drink? What you drink? Tequila, usually. You might have to get some more or something. Or something. Oh, keep it going with yeah, that. Yeah, you might just have to keep it going because the voice is already gone all the way back. Just give up on yeah, it. Yeah, you might have to keep it going. Or get you some green tea, some honey lemon. It'll be all right. The Odell special. Special. I was so proud of you when you got the shoe deal because that was history. Yeah. And I know that's what we have in front of us today, Vapor 360 Speed Systems. What is it like to, to be a, a sports fan 
and then you know it's like what a year later and people want to rock Odell's. Yeah. What is that like for you, man? Um, it's crazy, unreal for me, because I, like I said, I, I was called Academy growing up. Um, you know, I always wanted a new pair of cleats. You know, for as many soccer games as I can get, that's yeah. all I would ask for. It, it was just cleats or football. It would just be cleats. Like that was always my thing. I loved having, uh, you know, feet. I mean, heat on my feet while I'm playing all the time. And um, this, this, you know, the Nike Vapor Elite Edge um, is a cleat that since the very beginning, you know, from from years back, I was telling them, you know, Nike Mercurial Vapor is my favorite cleat, my no favorite doubt. soccer cleat. Um, and I want to do something that that looks like that. I want it to be sleek. I don't want any laces showing. I just want it to be just all shoe. Right. Um, but I also want the new technology, the the more carbon fiber plate at the bottom, something to give me some more spring. So. Um, combining, you know, my ideas and uh, their technology, I think we, we have a masterpiece in front of us. Um, and, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm always like, you know, the canvas is unfinished. So I'm still, no there's still some stuff that I want to, you know, work on and adjust and make sure that it's perfect because I think that this is going to be um, maybe one of the best cleats that, that Nike has made in a very long time. I'm going to give my guy a shout out. One of my best friends is Salehi Bemberia Versace, mm-hmm. and he's a sneaker designer. Yep. And the way you talk about it is the way he talks about shoes. And what I appreciate is it's not just throw my name on something, yeah. but I feel like that's how you live your life. Nothing is just, I'm here, it's I have to give everything. Yeah. Has it always been like that? Do you work on that? Uh, I, I want to say it's always been like that for me. I, I've never been someone who could you know, put half of my heart in. Um, and, and anything that has my name on it, I want it to have my touch, my feel, because I don't just want to you know, be a face for something and a thumbs up. And, yeah. you know, I, I have to really be into something and enjoy it. So uh, it's definitely something I've I just had all my life. I, yeah. I have to be in it all the way. It's everything you do. Yep. Uh, look, you know, I, I talk to your mom because yep. I, I care about the family. You yep. know what I mean? And. The thing that always frustrates me with you is the way you get characterized and all that. Yeah. But I feel like you're the only one that doesn't have a problem with it anymore. Yeah. It took a lot. You know, I, I got chills when you said that um, because it took a lot for me. You know, I know that I'm not perfect by any means. I know I've made mistakes. I know all of these things. But I think somebody should find some good in into the way that I am and the way that I live my life because I'm not going to sit here and let you affect me and it's going to bother me. You could. All these people who talk on TV and have these things to say about me have never sat down and have a conversation. Right. They've never been at a dinner and we're just talking life or perspective. Yeah. They, so they don't know. And uh, I feel like they really want me to be in a box of somebody who I'm really not so badly that they will, they will never find a way to yes. accept me. And, you know, I've always said I feel like I'm in a lose-lose-lose situation. If something happens to me and I, I don't speak out on the incident, it's like, oh, why are you being quiet? If right. I speak out on it then I said too much and if I say something about you know there's no point in me saying something yeah. because you're gonna you're not gonna take my words the right no way or it's gonna offend someone or da 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 then like I'm sitting here and it's like I'm immature all yeah. these things so I've just learned to to be very comfortable with me um and you and like I think, break through yeah it gets so calm you know I'm, I'm very I'm very calm now and you know I think earlier um because of how misunderstood I was it frustrated me even more and I wanted to show you that this was not who I was, and, and I was so wrapped up in a game that I, I realized I could never win. Um, and when I realized I could never win that game, yeah. I stopped playing it, and now I'm playing my own. Because it is a game. Yeah, it is a game. This world is different. This world is it, it's tough to me because it just is something that's like, you know. It, it's a lot. Yeah. Who's the best voice in your head? Who's the one that gives you the guidance and the wisdom? And I don't just mean like a human, like a book, something. Yeah. Like what, what is your? My, mine is definitely spirit. Uh, it's definitely the the, the um, you know the God that 
uh, I talk to and, and, you know, finding peace within your own mind that, you know, people can help you and, and do all these things, but at the end of the day, you have to do it. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to be the one to do it. So I've, I've just found my peace. I found myself. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm really unbothered. You know what? You seem, you seem good, it, man. You know, I'm really good. I hosted a game show here the other night. Yeah. And the last question was, in the Super Bowl of Miami, who would be the number one athlete if they walked in the bar would get the best table in the spot? And I got Deshaun Jackson, Cam Jordan, everyone up here. The number one answer. Yeah. Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah. What? I want to be better at partying. I want to be better understanding yeah. it. What, what's the vibe, man? What's the perfect vibe? And for me... I, you know, we, we go to these, these clubs or these outings, these events, and, um, you know, one thing that I do and will always continue to do is be me, and I'm always myself. The music is on, I'm dancing, I'm always All having a the good time. time, you know, until, until those cameras come out, and then I have to, like, hide, and, you know, I learned this yes. in college that, you know, these videos that I thought was, you know, for me, like, I was having fun, they started to take it and make it a bad thing. And that's, yeah, they started to do that. So now I had, I was a, a fear of having a camera. Anytime a camera's in my face, I would kind of try and hide until I'm at this point where it's like, if I keep living in the hide, then I'm yes. still doing the same stuff. I'm, I'm letting them win. I'm letting them win. Two last know? questions for me personally. What is your favorite song to dance to? I'll give you mine first. Mine is Don't Stop Till You Get Enough by Michael Jackson. Oh, man. What is your favorite song to dance to? That's, that's a tough question, bro, because I love music so much. Uh, I think for the longest time when I was young, growing up, I, I could, like, m- mime out the music. You know, I could, like, literally hear the song while it's playing, yeah, and yeah. I could go to what, what was being said. So, you know, the new Roddy, Drake, Lil Wayne, yeah. uh, Gunner, Young Thug, Lil Baby, Lil Baby, like, any, any of them right yes. now, they're, they're doing it for me. And then I have to do karaoke at Dwayne Wade's party on Saturday. Yeah. My usual karaoke song is What's Love. Fat Joe, Ashanti, Ja Rule, yep. do you have a karaoke song? A karaoke Everybody song. needs one. There's a last question. Man, that's an on-the-spot question. Uh, trying to ask you shit people ain't going to ask you. I know. Damn, I can't even, I, I can't think of anything like at If the you moment. had to perform in front of people. I would go, if, and I had to know the words of any song, I would say some old Lil Wayne. You know? Old Lil Wayne. Yep. Some Damn. old Lil Wayne. I'm glad I got to spend some time with you. Man, absolutely. You are a man. Like, you walked in here, man, the energy changed. Yeah. And that's a testament to you because yeah. it ain't changing you. Yeah, always. Always a pleasure, All about bro. energy. Yes, sir. Appreciate Odell. Appreciate the people at Nike for making it happen. Again, check out his cleats. We talked about it. And if you're watching on Facebook, you can get a glimpse. Next interview. Cliff Averill. Cliff Averill was a longtime Seattle Seahawk. He retired recently, and I, I feel like he melted. I mean, 25 pounds of him are completely gone. And the thing that we really got into, because we talked about what it was like seeing Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl, but also Russell Wilson. I don't know if there was a part of our podcast that was more embraced by the 33% of the conversations online this offseason than the evolution of Russell Wilson to Russell Wilson. And what was it like for Cliff Averill to watch his quarterback, who back in the day when the Legion of Boom was operating, he really wasn't on the ends of the team. He was kind of on the outside. He wasn't a part of the Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, Cliff Averill. What was it like to see him then? What is it like to see us now? Here's a very enjoyable convo with Cliff Averill. The man I have to my right was part of a phenomenal defense, a defense that gave fear into the souls of people, and he knocked the shit out of people. 
Cliff Averill, it's good to have you, man. I, I looked over and I said, you look like a shooting guard in basketball. <laughs> 25 pounds you're down? 25 pounds, man. There's was only... it hard or was it easy? Honestly, my wife thinks it was just a deep breath and I just lost it all because yeah. whatever. But, uh, yeah. but no, it, it was easy, man. I cut out meat. I don't eat red meat or chicken. Wow. And within three months, I lost pretty much all of it. Now, I've heard that before. I've heard it's easy. But was it easy to do it, or did you have, like, I want a hamburger? Or? <laughs> no, that was struggle. Uh, the first three months is struggle because, I mean, it, it boils down to, like, just knowing what restaurants you can go yes. to, what you can eat, um, avoiding going out to eat and just eating at home and different things like that. But once you get through that three, three, four-month sp- uh, phase, yes. you don't even think about it. When anymore. I see NFL players post-career, especially offensive linemen. Oh, it's crazy. And I see how different their bodies are. You look back at the time when you were playing and go, I can't believe I put my body through that. All the time. Yeah. My whole, my last season, because um, uh, I got hurt week four, so I watched the rest of the games uh, off the, from the sideline. Right. And that was my first time in my career. Like, I've never been put on IR. I've never really missed uh, any, many games. So, literally, the, the, the first kickoff of the game, I would look back at my player development guy and be like, I did this for 10 years? Wow. This is crazy. Because when you're on the sideline, and you're not playing because when you're playing, you're thinking about stuff and what yeah. you're gonna do. When you're just watching the speed, it's unreal. It's incredible to see. It's unreal. Like, and and I don't think like being obviously TV doesn't give the Ever. game justice, but even being at the games, unless you're on the sidelines and and you see how fast these guys are moving, I, I'll tell you a story real quick. Um, this is uh, one of those one of those games I'm not playing in or whatnot, and. You know, the play is kind of coming towards the, our sideline, and I'm, I'm kind of watching. So, I, you know, you start backing up because you don't yeah. know what's about to happen. And then the guy cuts it up down our sideline for, like, another 5, 10 yards or whatever. And then, like, he, cuts, he runs past me, and then, like, maybe a split second later, I felt a gust of air behind him. I'm like, we are that fast? Wow. Unre- but then I'm thinking, like, the guy that's about to make contact with him is running just as fast. Yes. Makes for a big <laughs> big uh, explosion. And, and that's what we did. That's what I did for 10 years. It's, it's crazy. But, Unbelievable. again, you don't know it until you're on the sidelines. What's it like for you to see Richard Sherman in a <laughs> Niners jersey? Just that. It was weird at first, okay. but, but I also, like, that's a good Because I'm sure you guys talked a lot of shit about the Niners over the years. Oh, we hated the Niners. Public hated, enemy number one. We hated the Niners. But, you know, again, like I said, he's a good friend of mine. And me being kind of like his OG, his, yes. his old head, like, understanding the game of football, understanding the NFL and how much of a business it is, sometimes you make business decisions, and, and that's what it is. But I also think it was in spite of, how his situation played 100%. out hundred percent in Seattle, and that's why natural. he wanted to go there. Look, Seattle said we need to go through some changes. Yep. Earl Thomas had to flip the bird. <laughs> Richard Sherman had to take the bag in San Francisco. Yep. That's how it goes sometimes. That's how the cookie crumbles. But I think also we'll look back in 10, 15, 20 years and go, that's what the Seahawks had to do. Yeah. Because it is a business. No, I mean. Let's appreciate how special it was when you guys were together. That, and that's key. What yes. you just said right there is key because – and I, I try to remind the guys all the time when, I, when we're all sitting down. It's like, look, I mean, you know, things fell apart how they fell apart. You know, it was, it was what it was. But you can't tell me we – our run that we had was probably the best run – definitely the best run in the last decade. Yeah. Defense was probably one of the best defenses, probably like top three, top four best defenses right. ever. So, like, let's not, let's not forget about that and how right. great it was. You know what I mean? So, it's definitely a constant reminder. But these guys, you know, they're still playing, so they're still trying to make legendary of stuff course. happen. But Bobby Wagner's out there still killing it. Killing it, man. I'm seeing Earl on Baltimore. Yeah. Other than getting stiff-armed by Derrick Henry. <laughs> no, Tell- I text him too, like, Ugh. Yeah, what would you say? Just at the eyes. 
<laughs> the emoji eyes laugh. Uh, Did he respond? No, no. He probably if, if I would have called him, he probably would have cussed me out. Yeah, <laughs> as he, rightfully so, because we don't like to hear that kind of stuff. I've never seen a running back like Derrick Henry, though. I mean, I've never seen a running back bigger than a defensive end, yes. faster than a defensive end, yes. and and just doing wrecking, just wrecking, messing stuff up. You Incredible! Know I mean? It's unreal. It's unreal. When you think back to that Seattle defense, um, what was it like at its peak? Like, what are the memories, or what are the like? What what comes? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? So every time we get together, that's the first thing I ask. Is one of the things that I, I always bring up is like, "Hey, man, did y'all realize how good we were yeah. while we were doing it?" Yeah. Nobody says yes. Everybody's like, "Man, we were just having fun playing for one another," and and I would say that's the 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 key component of why we were so good, why we were so great. And then subconsciously, we're all competing against each other. Of course. We're like, and and when I when I first signed with Seattle, I was like, "Where do I fit into this whole thing?" And then it's so hard to make plays as well because everybody's so good. So it's yes. like, what are you going to be at that? Where, what are you going to do? What are you going to bring to the table that makes you? Oh, I'm sure you got one where you come around and you're like, it's mine. And yes. Michael Bennett is it's right there. And you're like, up. ah, fuck. And you'll see but you're me, also and, happy. Yeah, and it's, that's my best friend. You'll see, dog it. But, it yeah. but then there's times where he probably feels the same. Yes. And for me, like, sack fumbles was a big thing. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that was my way of contributing to, to the team. Right. Like, when you get a sack, screw just a sack. We're trying to get the ball out, trying yes. to get a turnover. And, and so everybody had their thing. And, again, it just was like a puzzle and everything just fit together. You said you were Richard's OG. Yeah. What was he like as the young bull? <laughs> Sherm is Sherm now. But what, what I respect with Sherm is everything is calculated. So when the media goes crazy and, and about him spazzing out on Aaron Andrews, then two days later you see a Beats commercial about right. him spazzing out and right. being this – like, everything's calculated. Sherm is extremely smart. When did you realize that? That, that, at that, that moment, was the that moment. That was the moment where I was like, oh, Sherm is. He gets it. He, he understands it. He understands it. He's going to get beef jerky advertisements out of this. He's yeah. going to get all kinds of crazy. Yeah. Like, you look at his Instagram right now. You thumb through it. It's like, oh, he's advertising for such and such. Yeah. He's a businessman. He's smart at what he does, man. How hard do you think it is for athletes to realize you kind of have to think like that? Because you guys are always told. That's it. Handle your business, and the rest will take care of the rest. But then you have to reach that point where it's like, I also need to calculate a little bit. For sure. And I think it's the mindset of football coaches in general. Most coaches will tell you, especially early on, and shouts out to Coach Carroll for, for being different on this from this particular reason. Most coaches will tell you that they'll, 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 they'll almost tell you that you can't be successful in, in the NFL if you have your mindset on doing other things. Like right. It's either football or nothing. You know what I mean? And, and Coach Carroll's like, no, like, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to go do these other things. But you know you have to handle your business when you're yes. here. Just like any other job. You got to do your job. And when you go home, you try to do other things. So, But in the, in the NFL culture, you're almost taught that if you have other things going on, foundations, you, you're, you're out here being, making business moves. You don't moves, care as much. You don't care as much. Oh, yeah. are you all in? No, I can be all in and right. do this too. You know right. what I mean? And, and that's where, like, Richard Sherman you talk about uh, uh, Beast Mode. Yeah. You talk about uh, Russell. All these guys are phenomenal players, yes. Hall of Fame type players, and yet have crazy business ventures going on. Marsh- so it shows you Marshawn all getting to come back. My guy. I just, to the Seahawks. Unreal. Like, again, I'm you sure Seahawks on the Raiders was that. crazy, but he's from Oakland, so you're like, he's going home. But to come in and score three touchdowns in like four <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, and also, like, my concern for Marshawn was, what kind of shape is he really keeping himself in? Because of all the dudes that I was like, he's retired, Marshawn was enjoying it. 
but like he went out there and did it. Like that must have been cool for you to see. Most definitely. I mean, I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to him throughout the process. Me and him are pretty cool and whatnot. And um, that was my big thing. Like, bro, are you in shape? He's like, man, all I need is like two weeks. Wow. All I need is like two weeks. You know what I'm wow. saying? And and really that first hit too, right? To get acclimated to just getting hit and. I mean, you're sitting on the couch, and you know, running backs. They don't. They don't. When they retire, they don't necessarily. They don't lose. They don't lose. Running weight. backs are the one position <laughs> that gets big. They get big. I yes. mean, they're little oompa loompas when they're yes. done, right? So, I was kind of concerned with that too. But then um, everyone gets angry at me when I say that Barry Sanders, like, is one of the few. <laughs> man, no, no, Barry Sanders. Like when I saw him, I was like, man, Trick Daddy looks crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> Because you're not supposed to talk bad about them and all that. You're not supposed to talk bad about the greats. And all. But, but yo, running backs get big. They blow up. They blow yeah. up. That's the one position. Because when, when Marshawn retired the first time, yes. I see he, he goes to Haiti with me on, on, on some of my foundation wow. stuff. And I was like, bro, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna lay off the chicken? You're going to lay off the, the fried food? Like, look kind of thick. Take care of your chickens. Take, take care yeah. of your chickens, right? So, but um, he needed two weeks. He got back right. Got it. That first hit, you know, yes. kind of got him acclimated to everything. Went out there, got him three touchdowns. I'm always amazed about when your team is the level of honesty of the leaders. Mm-hmm. Michael Bennett pulls no punches. Oh, I've always heard that about you as well. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman. I don't even think any bullshit could get by any of you. No. So how hard was it for people that weren't used to a culture like that and, like, who, what was the tone setter of all that? You know what? First and foremost, I think it starts with everybody respected everybody, right? We all respected each other. We, now we all have different opinions. Like, you should hear our locker room conversations, and half the time it's never about football. <laughs> like, it's, it's business ventures. It's, you know, whatever. But, like, everybody respected everybody, each other. But everybody was trying to get their word in, too. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get a conversation sure. going because Sherman will cut you off. Then Marshawn's like, man, whatever, you know, jumps into it. Mike B, like, dude, all y'all are crazy, yes. you know. So it's those type of conversations. But, again, we all respect each other. We all had love for each other. And it was just great dialogue. And we all grew from each other because, again, you, you look at Marshawn with beast mode and what he's been able to do. Then you see what Sherman's doing. And then you see what Mike B is doing. Yes. And me being in the middle of all that, like, I'm just taking nuggets from all of them. And then I'm get, giving out gems as well as yeah. the old head. So it's – it was just great dialogue, but most teams and most organizations are afraid of guys like that because they feel like they, quote unquote, can't control them or don't right. know, what don't know what to expect. Which we all know is bullshit. Clearly, <laughs> yes. what the Seahawks have been able to do right. I saw a moment in the playoffs. I think it was against the Eagles, where Marshawn got like his second touchdown, and Russell Wilson came over to him, and he started saying something, and Marshawn looked up like an appreciation. Yeah, and I thought back. To all those stories I read years ago yep. about how Russell was on the outside looking in. Because Russ is that guy that says shit that you go, did you get this out of an athlete's like handbook of the thing to say? <laughs> and so here you have all these honest truth tellers, and you got a guy going, 110%, yeah. glory goes to God. And yeah. you're like, we get it. But he looked up, and Russell walked away, and I said, it's flipped now. Yeah. Where Russ has all the respect, and in the beginning, he had to be fighting for it. Like, that dynamic I'm so curious about. I wouldn't even say he had to fight for it. Russell came into a, a unique situation where he had a bunch of alpha dogs, a bunch of leaders on his team already. He didn't have to be a, the, the typical quarterback leader Was at that time. Was he trying to be? I think he was just trying to figure it out. And luckily for him, in the midst of him trying to figure it out, 
it wasn't necessarily needed as much at that time. Right. But now it's his team, so you have no choice but to respect it. Yes. And then I think where people drop the ball at with Russ, man, you know, he has all the the the, the cliche sayings yep. and positive attitude. Yep. Like that's really who that man is. He really is. It really and and that's why he has so much success is because that's his truth. That's who he is. But people have a problem dealing yes. with things that are a little bit different. Do you think the Legion of Boom and the defense as a whole kind of looks at Russell and goes, now that we see it sustained and we see that's really who you are, mm-hmm. the level of respect has skyrocketed? I do. I do. I definitely think so. Um, I, don't, I don't even think people lack respect for Russell at that time either. I just think, I think now, though, the doubters or the people that thought he was phony or, or whatever, like, it, it's so hard to be fake for eight, nine years. Exactly. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe have, a season. Maybe, maybe half a season. Yeah. It's hard to, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, when the grind gets hard and, like, people are, you throw three interceptions and, you know what I mean? Like, people change up. But yes. he is who he is. And that's why I appreciate him most is he didn't let none of that stuff change him. Because it's, it's hard not to get, like, when, when, you're, when you're different and, yes. and you're supposed to be a leader, it's hard not to change and do what the masses want you to do. Who challenged him the most? Oh, who challenges him the most? I think all of us uh, uh, apply pressure in different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we all apply pressure and just, just, just to test to see what you're talking about. Is it real? Of course. And again, How could you not test it? You have to, but everybody gets tested. Even, even Mike B gets tested in, in seeing if, no, that's some BS you're talking about. And, like, mm. And he's consistent. Yes. Marshawn, same thing. That's why you love Marshawn, because of, uh, because of how real he so is. So authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, all those things are, are, are tested daily. But yeah. if, you, if you're true to who you are, then no what's, what's there to question? I was joking this offseason that Russell Wilson turned into Russell Wilson. <laughs> Sierra changed him up so quick. When he was laying in bed... With, with, the, with the chains on, he said, Seattle, <laughs> we got ourselves a deal. Had the Barry White going. I mean, I felt pride. Yeah. I was like, this man, now he's really who he is. Yeah. But I feel like now he's Russell Wilson. But isn't that what your wife's supposed to do? Isn't oh, she supposed to make you better? My fiance's changed me up big time. You know what I'm saying? When I got married, like, it changed up the game. So that's expected. But, you yes. know, when you're in front of the, the camera, the it's limelight. Sierra. It's Sierra. Ah, oh, you know, all the... But yes. that's what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to make you better. She's supposed yes. to allow you to grow and do these different things and, and be funny when people don't expect you to be funny. Do yes. different things that they don't expect you to do. And now it's part of your brand. Like, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's dope. You know, both I think of, so, too. Both of them are growing right in front of us. Some people accept it. Some people don't. But it's awesome. This is the first offseason where I've heard people question Pete Carroll, where I think they're questioning that he's a little bit too conservative, mm. um, that – they're almost running too much with Schottenheimer and all that. Um, you guys got to ring together, so I know it's a little bit touchy. But I'm, I'm curious, like, like I had this with as an Eagles fan with Andy Reid, yeah. um, where after a while it's like it, it goes and it runs its course. Do you think they can, that him and Russ can do it still? Where, where's your take on just the franchise? Most definitely. Because think about this. Okay, so we won a Super Bowl with a running game and a great defense. This past year is a little different, right? Because the defense wasn't necessarily nowhere near. And that's got to hurt your heart a little bit. It hurts watching it from. And yeah. I'm at every game, too, and it, it hurts, right? But I do have confidence because Russell Wilson is 10 times better than he was back then. Incredible. You know what I'm saying? Bobby Wagner, 10 times better than he was back yes. then. Two quarterbacks, quarterback on offense, quarterback on defense. So I yeah. definitely think you can build around that stuff. Um, as far as for conservative, that's Coach Carroll's philosophy. I know. That's, like, that's why he's had so much. 
You go back to SC. Let them Reggie, make the mistakes. Reggie Bush. Yeah. You go. You go to his winning years here. Marshawn Lynch. Like that's his thing. That's yeah. Let them make the mistake. We're gonna run the clock out. We're gonna make Russell beat you whenever we need him to beat yes. you. Not necessarily having to beat you all the time. Yes. When we need you to beat you. And yet they still won ten games this season. It's amazing. You know I think it's a big testament to Russ because he's to Russ, the organization, Coach Carroll. And I don't know if there's a better quarterback wide receiver chemistry mm-hmm. than him and Tyler Lockett. Oh man, it's magical. Unreal, unreal. I mean, then just taking a year back, like he's had Doug Baldwin hold him oh. accountable, right? And 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 being that guy that that he had great chemistry. Yeah. With, right? Now, Russ is taking leadership and building that relationship with Lockett. And like you just said, I don't think there's a better combination between the two. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Appreciate it, man. I have a bunch of random sentences in here. <laughs> if you could pull one out, look into the camera with my man over there, and say it in your best, like, um, Denzel dramatic voice, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know what these are mean. My producer wrote them all. All right. See, so look right there. He is a god amongst mortals. <laughs> I, the look down was really dramatic. I, I couldn't remember. The do, last uh, do it one more time. <laughs> he is a god amongst mortals. Cliff Avril. <laughs> that sentence could be about Cliff Avril. I appreciate Mark you, bro. I appreciate really it, bro. enjoyed it. Yes, we'll connect. We'll do something again. Let's do it, man. Awesome. It. Enjoy Miami. I'm trying. I'm trying. We're gonna have a good time. The weather's good. Yes. I ain't in Seattle. Ain't raining. Hey, I can't yeah. complain. New York cold as fuck right now. <laughs> Ow. Out here. Thank appreciate you, bro. It.